Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, God's good. Amen. God is so, so good. I want to say to all of our men that were able to be at men's conference this past week, Friday and Saturday, two power-packed services. Uh, We are going to be uploading those messages of Brother Williams to our website, hopefully within the day. But I encourage all of our church family to listen not only to Friday night, but even more importantly on Saturday. I've never heard prayer spoken of in such powerful ways. And I believe it would revolutionize your prayer life if you would just listen and absorb the word of the Lord. Let's read from the word today from the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Thank you, praise team, for bringing us into the presence of the Lord I felt that confirmation when we first began. And I know that in spite of my limitations, God is not limited in what he wants to do today. And so I'm just asking that he will help me become a vessel and a conduit that can reach where you live. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning with verse number 1. He said, brotherly love must continue. I'm reading from the New New English translation. He said, do not neglect hospitality because it is through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them and those ill-treated as though you too felt their torment. Marriage must be honored among all and the marriage bed kept undefiled for God will judge sexually immoral people and adulterers. Your conduct must be free from the love of money and you must be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and I will Never abandon you. So, everybody say so. So. We can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Praise God. The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Clap your hands to the Lord, and let's thank Him for His Word. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Praise God. You may be seated. As the writers of the New Testament often do, whether it be Paul or Peter or James or John, oftentimes you will find in the closing chapters of their books uh, the practical principles of living for God and the promises of God being elevated. I believe it is vital for you and I to always be mindful of that That no matter what we are going through, and if you read the New Testament, you will find that Paul had to address 
sundry issues and problems that were within the lives of people and many times had even crept into the church from Corinth to Ephesus to Galatia. There were problems that had to be addressed and there were spiritual issues that had to be settled. But at the end of those chapters, he would come and bring it all together with these important reminders, the principles and the promises of God that we must embrace in our life continually and never forget. And I, I love this last portion of this reading that we have gone to this morning. Uh, it is actually drawn from the Old Testament. The psalmist used it on uh, two or three different occasions. He made this same statement or he made this same declaration and it was often stated as a question, but It was one of those questions that you knew the answer to. It was not asked for information. It was a statement of fact and faith. And so when you read this this particular passage of Scripture that says, I will not fear what man can do to me, he is reminding us of a knowledge and an understanding that we must possess in our life on a regular basis if we are going to live victoriously. And I love the gritty determination of these words and the sound of these words. I will not fear what man can do to me. Many times in life I have discovered this That before I can decide what I'm going to do, I have to first determine what I'm not going to do. And when I settle what I'm not willing to do or I'm not, where I'm not willing to go, it helps me see more clearly where I need to go and what I need to do. Whatever life may be doing to me or you at that particular point, There is one thing that is not going to happen. I will not allow what I am going through to separate me from my faith in God and my faith that God has a future and a plan for my life. Amen. Whatever life is doing at this particular moment, I am not going to let that take away from me the joy of my salvation. Whatever, whatever you're going through at this point in your journey of life, you have to determine what you're not going to allow life to do to you. Amen. Life, as I have said before, is a great teacher. It is designed to be a teacher. But if you don't keep life in order, it becomes a tormentor and you become troubled. And so I want to come today to help somebody that's being tormented by issues and problems in your life. I want somehow God to be enlightened in your mind that you will never, never, never doubt the word or never, never forget the word that it will be etched deep into your psyche. It will be etched deep into the tablets 
of your heart and you will never forget what this verse of scripture reminds us of. So I will say, I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. You need to learn the cadence of that song today. And you need to learn how to walk in rhythm with that word. I love music, but you and I know very well that music that loses time is nothing but confusion. There had to be a tempo and there had to be a certain rhythm to what we've heard today for it to have any, th- any kind of resonance in our life. If one had been playing differently than the other, it would have been nothing but confusion. And oftentimes, that's how our lives become. Just a cacophony of noise that surround us because our attention is drawn to so many different things. But God God's word has come today to help somebody order your steps and remind you of who you are and remind you of where you are and remind you of what God has said about your life. And you need to get in cadence with that rhythm. You need to get in tune. You need to learn this particular song say it with me today I will not fear what man can do to me say it louder I will not fear what man can do to me man listen to me man cannot undo what God has ordered and ordained for your life Some of you don't believe that yet, but I hope before I get through, you start believing that. That man cannot undo what God has planned and purposed for my life. Now listen to me. I know when you start reading verses like that, we want to pin a face on that man that we're talking about. Say it ain't so. I'm not talking about a person this morning. I'm talking about a principle. I'm talking about a declaration of promise. It doesn't matter what may happen in my life. As a child of God, I have the authority and I have the power invested in me to open my mouth and declare that will not kill me, that will not do me, that will not undo what God has already done in my life. Some of us live in fear that the devil's going to undo all God's done in our life. Why do we even think like that? He doesn't have that kind of power. Don't give him credit for something he can't do. Amen. This is not a jab at an individual. So get that out of your mind. I'm not talking about a person. 
I'm talking about a principle. When the word man is used, oftentimes it's speaking about humanity, all of life, not just an individual. It's talking about everything that can happen in your lifetime. All the things that come and go from life, the ups and downs, the troubles, the problems, the trials, the temptations, all of the tribulations that come into our life. He said, you must understand that I have declared something over you that you need to start decreeing in your own life. Amen. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. No weapon forged or formed shall succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. This is what the Lord will do for his servants. For their vindication will come from me. I will vindicate them. I the Lord have spoken that. No weapon. Say it with me. No weapon. You see, we misunderstand the purpose of pressure and problems in life. We view them as the worst thing that could happen. When in reality, more often than not, they're the best thing that could ever happen in my life. Because it is the pressure and the problem and the persecution And the offenses, listen to me, we view an offense while God views an opportunity. When something happens to us, whether it be by an individual or just life, we are offended by it. But God doesn't see it as an offense. He sees it as an opportunity. It's going to knock something out of your life. There's some chaff that's still hung on to the grave that needs to be shaken loose. And so God allows me to go through this process where he breathes me. He, he throws me up and the wind catches that which is unimportant and blows it away so that what really matters remains. And God said, that's what you need to understand today. I am not against you. I am for you. And your persecutions are not designed to offend you, but they are an opportunity for you to explore the greatness of God. It is that work of separating the wheat from the chaff that which is not worth saving and that which is and God knows how to knock it out of us yes he does instead of us crying woe is me we ought to look up and say no weapon formed against me shall prosper We need to lift up our eyes and say, I will not fear what man, mankind, humanity, what life can, I will not fear what life can do to me because God has done something greater in my life that life cannot undo. It cannot, cancer can take something, but it cannot take my faith. Things can happen in my life that take certain things away, but it cannot take away my hope. It cannot take away my love for people and for you in your situation. Praise God. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord. I am not encouraging a false trust in yourself today. This has nothing to do with your estimate of yourself. 
but everything to do with your understanding of who your God is. Amen. No weapon. No weapon. I will not fear what man can do. Paul asked these questions in Romans 8. What shall we say then to these things? He goes on to say, who can be against us? He said again, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he that condemneth? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, nay, none of the questions that life posed to you at this moment are sufficient to take out of you what God has put in you. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor powers, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, none, no height, no depth, no creature shall be able to separate us. Say it over your life right now. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. Too many of us are taken hostage today by misinformation. We believe the lies and the distortions. We believe the untruths that are hurled at us on a daily basis And oftentimes we are misled to believe that God has forgotten who we are and God has forgotten our address. I'm here to tell you, I want to, I want to, I want to dispel that disinformation today. If there's one thing you and I need to understand above all others is that God loves us. If you don't understand that, then go read the book of John. For God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just look at you and say, well, I don't know whether you're worth it or not. He saw you in your worst condition. He saw you in your worst sin. But he said, hey, he's still worth saving. She's still worth redeeming. I'm willing to die for them. And if he is willing to die for us, we ought to at least be willing to live for him. Come on and clap your hands and praise him. Many people are prisoners to a skewed and twisted view of life. Some people have not had the most blessed past. Some things you have gone through have been difficult for you to live with. But I'm here to tell you, God can give you a clearer vision of who you are. And what he wants you to understand about your life and your purpose in life. There are some of us that are captive to a warped, damaged, misshaped temperament. We are like Jacob trying to get everything that God wants to get it, but get it the wrong way. We're heel grabbers. We're trying to possess things 
that if we would allow God's purpose to work out in our life, God would give us those things. But we go about trying to do it. We deceive. We lie. We do whatever trick we can do to try to get what we want. And we wonder why God's not blessing me like I heard he was going to bless me. I'm telling you why. Because you got to get rid of yourself first. This isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about him. He said, I have called you. I have ordained you. I have ordered your steps. You're challenged by your own inability to see beyond your own warped view of life. Ah, Jacob, go look at his story. Read it all you want to. He's even called a worm at one point. A worm. Jacob, the worm. You ever seen a worm? You pull it out in the light, it goes nuts. Trying to get back into the dark. Trying to get back underground. That's the way a lot, the Holy Ghost pulls us out of our darkness and we're wiggling trying to get back in our darkness. And God had to bring Jacob to a brook all by himself and nobody to support him. And God had to come to visit him and say, Jacob, you have been a deceiver long enough. You've had this warped temperament long enough. We're fixing to have a showdown. I'm going to show you who has ordered your step. I'm going to help you understand your purpose in life. And that's exactly what happened. And when he came out of that meeting, the Bible said he was called a prince with God. A prince with God. Why? Because he had to get rid of that. And some, and I please don't misunderstand. I'm not being mean today. But I pastored a long time. And I've seen it over and over again. So many of us are held captive by what goes on between these two ears. It's not what God says that's offending us. It's not what God says that's holding us captive. It's what we think. It's what we think about ourselves. It's what we think about other people. You know why some of us can't get beyond where we are right now? Is because we have never been able to let people go. We want to hold on to an offense. We want to hold on to something that happened that we didn't like, that hurt us. And we just keep holding on, holding on, holding on. And they've already moved past that point, And we're still stuck back here. Why? Because we have not opened our hand. You say, but really, Hughes, I don't want to forgive them. God didn't ask you if you want to forgive them. He said, if you want to be free, this is where it starts. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. But Brother Hughes, forgiveness is such a, it's such a hard thing to do because it seems like I'm letting them get by with what they did to me. You're not letting anybody get by. You're not in charge of that. I'm not in charge of that. Did you hear what the scripture said? He said, if you live immorally, God said, I will take care of those people. 
And when people do things that are wrong in your life and they hurt you and offend you, they're going to have to reckon with God one of these days. They're going to have to come to God and say, okay, let me explain why I did that, God. And the Lord's going to look at them and say, did you ever read my word? Did you ever read what I said when I was hanging between two thieves and all that I heard around me was, if thou be the Christ, come down. And even worse than that, I heard cursings and railings and they spit at me and they mocked me. Did you hear what I said? They didn't deserve what I did for them, but you don't forgive because they deserve it. You forgive because you need it. If you don't forgive, you will not be released from that terror that torments your life. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Here is a timeless truth that you and I must never lose sight of. And that is this simple fact that I will not fear what man can do to me. Amen. There's an interesting subscription to several of the Psalms that you will read. Psalms 57, Psalms 58, Psalms 59, Psalms 73. I'm not sure the proper way to pronounce the Greek or the Hebrew word. It is A-L-T-A-S-C-H-I-T-H. If you're a Greek or Hebrew scholar... You can help me with that pronunciation. I won't even butcher it. But it means literally destroy not. And it was at the beginning of the psalm, before any of the words of the psalm were written, this was imprinted so deeply upon the writer of the psalm that he said, make sure that this doesn't get destroyed. Make sure that this doesn't get put on a back shelf. Make sure that you don't allow anything to lessen its meaning and its purpose in your life. Perhaps it was a special notation to the musicians to make sure careful care of the composition of this song so that it is never lost and don't rewrite it. I want you to sing it just like I gave it to you. Evidently, the subject of those psalms was of such great importance that the writer understood this is something that you must never lose sight of. You must never allow it to be destroyed. Listen to me this morning, Greater Life Church. There are some things that you better never allow life to destroy in your mind or in your spirit. And one of those things is that you are beloved by God. And I don't care what people say about you. I don't care what people do to you. You are beloved by God. And God wants to bless your life. He wants to enrich your life. He wants to fill your life. He wants to improve your life. Amen. So this subject is so important that it must never be lost to posterity. It must be written. Here's a notation that you must never allow to be destroyed from your life. And I believe that this scripture that we read from today could be considered one such notation. We must never allow this to be taken from our life. 
The Mictum Psalms were Psalms that were to be etched in steel or, or stone. They were, the, the word Mictum literally means to cut or to engrave. The thought is that it was a permanent writing. Hear me today. This is a permanent writing. Job said it like this. Oh, that my words were written with an iron pen and graven in the rock forever. That's what you need to do across your heart today with this word. I will not fear what man, what mankind, what life, what humanity, what can happen in life. I will not let that cause me to fear. I will not allow that to torment my life. Here is what I want you to understand today. And I'm getting ready to close. It doesn't matter the source of your trouble. What matters is the focus of your faith. What do you believe? And who do you believe? This is the only way that you and I can really face any kind of life situation. Because life is full of situations that are beyond our limited powers to control. And when those things happen, whether it be at work or home or in family or in the fellowship of the church. He includes all of that in the in Hebrews chapter 13. It doesn't matter. Matters of finances, the matter of future, this is what needs to be etched over that in stone. I will not fear what man can do to me. Amen. Make it a graven in your heart make it graven we make a mistake when we try to run away from our problems and many in this building today have been running for a while typically when we do that we only run into greater trouble and when we run we often step outside the sphere and the circle of God's blessing for our life you ought to be conscious today Listen to me. Of the circle that God has drawn around your life. You say, how do you know he's done that? Because of what his word says. Because of what his word declares. Let me, here's what he said in Malachi chapter 3. He said, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord that And that thought upon his name. And they, listen to this, and they shall be mine. There's that circle. God said that those individuals shall be mine. 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 And what's mine, I will take care of. And so God draws this circle around our life. And he said, if you live within that circle, I will keep you. I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will do things that you cannot do for yourself. If you will stay within the circle that I have drawn for your life. God God declares in his word that he has drawn a circle around your life and mine and we must be reminded of that today here is the key to your victory this is what i love and i'm closing you can stand 
In the book of Psalms, when this statement is made, and it's made three times that I'm aware of, maybe four times in the Psalms, I will not fear what man can do to me. And then again in Hebrews, many believe the 118th Psalm is one of the places you'll find this particular statement. And most scholars believe that the 118th Psalm was the Psalm that Jesus sang the night he went to the garden. Remember the Bible said it after they had supped together and had communion, they sang a hymn. Most scholars believe this would be the psalm that that Jesus sang. He's prophesying over his own life. I will not fear what man shall do to me. That's how you can face a crucifixion. That's how you can say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's how you can go through the cruel torments that he went through when you understand that there is a purpose in your life. And you can sing that song of victory. I will not fear what man can do to me. And this is what's interesting to me in Hebrews and in Psalms. When this statement is made, there are two things that are highlighted. In the Psalms, he talks about man and God. I will not fear what man has done, can do to me. God is for me. God is on my side. The word that he used was Enosh, which means man in his weakest form. Man in his wretched poverty. And over against Enosh, the psalmist put the word Elohim. (laughs) Hallelujah. The God of creation. So it doesn't matter where you are in life. When life is trying to point out your weakness, you need to turn and look a different direction and realize that on your side is Elohim, the God of creation, the God who makes all things new, the God who helps us in our time of trouble. And in the New Testament, when he picks up the pen in Hebrews, he uses the word anthropos, which in the Greek is the same as Enosh. It's man in his weakness. And he said, I'm going to tell you what the remedy to man in his weakness is. Is the Lord in his glory. He uses the word Lord, which means authority, power. That's what God says way in your life. It's the authority of God. It's that circle that God has drawn around you that said, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I wish everyone, I don't think some of you will, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. I, I wish you'd just draw an imaginary circle around yourself right now. Come on, do it. Just draw an imaginary circle around. What are you doing? I'm declaring what God's declaring about me. I said I'm declaring what God's already prophesied over me. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. You're not, you're not circumstance. You're not problems. You're, you're not at the whim of sickness or disease. You're mine. You may suffer some of these things, but you are mine and I will redeem what's mine. Man in his weakness needs a God in his authority. 
man in his poverty needs a God in his power. And that's what God offers to all of us, to you, to me. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're looking at, why don't you do what the psalmist did? In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. You men that were here Friday night, you heard a message on flesh. Oh yeah, we heard about it. But in your weakest form, God said you are more powerful than any enemy that is against you. When you bring your fears into the presence of God, it dissolves whatever foe stands before you. When God says, I will... Listen to me. When God says, I will over your life, there is no devil and hell that can say you won't. Yeah, I will bless you. God says, I will. The devil cannot tell you you can't. The psalmist said, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know for God is for me. I call upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Uphold me, Lord, according to thy word. You need to start declaring what God has already decreed over your life. I'm his. I'm his. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't mean that a weapon won't be formed and that a weapon won't be tried, but it will not accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Ah, come on, draw a circle. I'm his. I'm his. I belong to him. I rejoice in that circle. I shout in that circle. I sing in that circle. I'm not getting out of that circle. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Woo. I know you need to go, but I'm not through yet. I don't think God's through yet. Let me just say it that way. It is God's promise. It is God's priority to bless you and help you and strengthen you. And when the psalmist declared this statement, he said, uphold me according to thy word. Listen to the seven things that God did to the answer of one prayer. He said, I, the Lord, thy God, hold thy right hand. Yea, I will uphold thee. He will not suffer that foot to be moved. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Yea, he shall be holding up. He shall keep thy foot from being taken. He will keep the feet of his saints. All seven promises to one prayer. Lord, uphold me by your word. Lord, uphold me by your word. Help me to live in that circle, Lord. Amen. Why don't you lift your voice right now and let's just thank the Lord that he cares enough for us to draw a circle around our life. Oh, yes, he does. He loves me enough to draw a circle around my life 
and say that I am His. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, He is mine and I am His today. Come on, very quickly if you could. Let's gather here at the altar for just a few moments and then we'll let you slip out. I just feel God wanting to minister to somebody right now. There's help in the house today. There's strength in the house today. I will not fear what man can do to me. Man cannot undo what God has promised. Man cannot undo what God has assured me. I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to live in that promise. I'm going to live in that circle. Oh, yes, Lord. You said I was yours. Oh, yes, you said I I was yours, Lord. I want to live in that circle today. I want to worship in that circle today. I don't want anything to take me out of that circle today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.